virtual coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I interview and speak with accomplished and innovative early career professionals and small business owners. I like to give them a platform to share their journeys, experiences, perspectives, and advice for you all. With me today is Larissa Kavetsky. Now, I went to high school with Larissa. She is a wonderful, wonderful person. We were very great friends back in high school and have since rekindled our friendship. And Larissa graduated from Rowan University in 2019. Uh, She graduated there with a degree in translational biomedical science. So she is a very smart person. And she is now a medical student at the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, Her and I spoke about a bunch of her advice for those applying to medical school, those in medical school, and her experience throughout the entire process. Uh, This is a great episode with a lot of good tidbits of information. So before we dive into Larissa's story, I'd really appreciate if you could support the podcast by rating and reviewing it on the Apple Podcasts app. You can also find Virtual Coffee wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we're on social media on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thank you everyone for listening, and I know you'll enjoy Larissa's episode. So with that, let's dive into Larissa's journey. Welcome, Larissa. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me, Alexa. All right. So to kick things off, I'd love to first dive into your goal to become a doctor and your your journey to becoming a doctor. So when did you know this is what you wanted to pursue? And was it back in high school or more recently in undergrad when you realized you wanted to go to medical school and become a doctor? Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I've thought about this so many times trying to find a definitive moment. And I really don't think there is one or was one because since high school, I kind of was just like, wow, the human body is really cool. Mm-hmm. Biology is cool because it's a whole world that we are still trying to figure out no matter what the situation is, no matter what the you know disease is or even just the natural occurrence. Like It's just a really cool puzzle. I think that kind of started it. But in college, I was like, I don't know, maybe this is too many years of school, too much financial commitment. Um, And a lot of us really didn't know we were getting ourselves into, you know, like any profession, you don't really know what it is until you do it, or you have somebody there to really guide you through. And there was nobody in my family that was a doctor. So I was just like, I don't know. And then I started just shadowing and um, seeing osteopathic physicians actually using their hands to diagnose things and like heal things. And I was like, what is happening? This is amazing. I just knew that I wanted to try and understand this complex and crazy world of the human body. But I was also afraid, I think as as a lot of people are when going into pre-med that you're going to have to put the rest of your life on the back burner and that, you know, like studying and school is going to be the priority for the next four years. And one of my uh, mentors in school, Dr. Nucci at Rowan, he said that if you've ever doubted and feared a decision this big, that means that you've actually thought about the reality of what you're getting yourself into. And that like, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know, the, the fear means that you need to back off. It means that like, yeah, this might be a really challenging and difficult commitment, but it's going to be worth it if this is what you want. So, 
Yeah, I guess in college was when it really solidified because of the people that motivated me and the things that I saw at like the Camden Clinic for like the osteopathic Rowan Som run Camden Clinic. And I knew that medicine was cool, but I knew I also really wanted to figure out what the body can do on its own. I guess like what the body can do with us, with our help, you know, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to just be like, okay, this hurts. Here's a pill. Hope it feels better. I really wanted to get down to the root cause. um, And I wanted to find a profession that could do that. And then I found osteopathic medicine. So long story short, (laughs) there was no definitive moment. I don't think, I think it was just a collection of occurrences that really led me to finding this profession. So awesome. Yeah. I love that piece of advice from your mentor that fear doesn't mean you need to back off because important decisions can be very scary and they can be scary for for a while or they can be risky but doesn't mean you shouldn't take that risk or make that decision that's that's a great piece of advice yeah it got me through a lot and it still is so (laughs) yeah exactly and you mentioned you know that deciding to go to medical school takes a lot of decisions financially and with time and dedicating yourself for so many years Are there other resources that helped you make those types of decisions? I know you mentioned shadowing and things you saw at school that made you realize you want to go to medical school, but I could imagine someone making this decision, being overwhelmed with the logistical decisions of, you know, money and time. Any resources that come to mind that helped you figure that part out? Well, I would definitely recommend to anybody talk to a bunch of different doctors because The thing that helped me is hearing doctors say, like, I've never missed a single one of my kids' soccer games, or I only work three days a week and four days a week I'm home with my kids, you know, because, like, that's the life that I chose. Some doctors choose to work seven days a week, and some choose to spend more time with their family than others. So I think that was huge for me because I knew that I wanted to be a mom, a wife, and um, active in my church, active in my Russian community. I didn't want to have to give that up for my profession. So to hear doctors saying that you don't have to really helped me make this decision too. And then financially, it's hard. I mean, I am really, really fortunate to have a husband that works full time and is so selfless and caring and just knew what he was getting himself into and has never complained once about it. So financially, I'm really grateful to have that. My parents, I'm forever grateful to have them, but especially for their financial support right now, too. They're helping out a little bit. And Honestly, medical school is expensive. Like any grad school is expensive. And I would just say that you're going to have to maybe take out loans and that's okay because eventually you're going to be working and you're going to be paying them back. But I know a lot of people that really are just living from loan to loan, paying for an apartment, paying for food, for car expenses, school, like everything falls under these loans. So it's okay. It's scary. I'm, you know, I'm fortunate that I only have to take out some loans and some people have to take out a lot more. So, but again, like, you know, many doctors are in the world, right. And they've all gone to medical school. They've all gotten through it. You know, it's not going to make you or break you. So I would just make sure it's something you want to do because it is a big commitment, but you can do it for sure. Yeah. I like the mindset of that you'll figure out the logistics, you know, and think about how many people, like you said, have gone through medical school successfully (laughs) and they have a house and a mortgage and other expenses and they make it through. And it's, 
yeah, just making sure it's the right decision for you and right. not it's saying not, the logistics will be easy, but you'll yeah, it's not it worth giving up your passion because you're afraid of the finances, you know, being afraid of the time commitment may be a little bit because you really need to have that motivation to keep yourself going for all these years. But um, if you love it, then it's kind of it's kind of a fun adventure, too. Yeah, definitely. I also like how you mentioned that it can be like and is like any other job being a doctor in the sense of some people choose to work seven days a week. Some people mm -hmm. can work three and some people prioritize family and some mm -hmm. don't. That's like that's like any job. Right. And yeah. of course, you know, being a doctor, there's there's many differences uh, between <laughs> yeah. that and, and other jobs. But from that sense, uh, it can be kind of similar. Absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned osteopathic medicine, which is what you're going to med school for. I'd love if you could tell me what is that and what does that that day to day look like for a doctor of osteopathic medicine? Yeah, so this is probably one of my favorite questions to answer, and I could take probably this whole session just answering <laughs> this question, because one, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Two, it involves a lot more than just like what I can explain in a few minutes. And I think three, because a lot of people see osteopathic medicine as this old school homeopathic herbal supplement stuff, <laughs> and it's like not. I mean, it's not completely false, but we that would be just something that we incorporate into treatment. You know, like we do everything that every medical doctor you can think of can do. We can do family medicine, pediatrics, oncology, surgery, neurosurgery, cardiothoracic surgery, sports medicine, like literally any and every specialty. But we just learn a lot more about the way that the body is a unit that we realize that we can't just isolate one organ system and just treat that because the human body is so much more complex than that. But in addition to what medical students learn throughout the country in MD schools or allopathic schools, we also learn how to use our hands to feel the tissue, muscle, bones. That's why it's called like osteopathic. That's not necessarily just like a bone doctor, but um, we really feel the tissue, muscles and bones because it tells us more about what the body is going through. A lot of DOs that practice osteopathic manipulative medicine or OMM, um, they can tell where a patient has pain before the patient even tells them just by feeling, you know. So we truly believe that a person's capacity to be healed and the body's ab ability to heal itself, like I said before, it involves a lot more than just what the person comes in for. Like if they just say, I have leg pain, like maybe one doctor chooses to just give them a muscle relaxant or a corticosteroid or something. But we really want to get to the bottom of why, because we one of the tenets of the of osteopathic medicine is that the body is a unit, body, mind, and spirit. So we feel like we have to take into account all three when trying to figure out what the best treatment for a patient is. And I think the world is realizing now that our patient care outcomes will be so much better, and the body will heal on its own so much better, and will be so much healthier. When we start to see our patients as people with stresses and limitations, you know, vulnerabilities, not just a set of symptoms, not just like, okay, this hurts, that's it. Um, it does make the puzzle more challenging, but the reward is so much better for the patient and like it really heals them permanently, like not just temporarily, you know, and we really just stress that function is determined by structure. And if the structure is not right, then nothing around it's going to be right. And that can cause a lot of other issues because like we said, the body is a unit. So we really 
stress that. (laughs) That is fascinating. So it seems almost like it's combining the science with the philosophy almost. And so would I go to an osteopathic physician or could my PCP or family doctor practice osteopathic medicine? Oh yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't even know whether their doctor is an MD or a DO and it doesn't really matter. Some people choose DO because they might be a little bit more holistic, but there are a lot of MDs that choose to practice holistically too. They just don't have the training maybe, you know, using their hands the way that a DO would. Um, and a lot of DOs don't decide not to even use osteopathic manipulative medicine. They decide just to practice family med and not use their hands to feel anything. So it really like just depends what the person wants to do with their career. A lot of people apply to both MD and DO schools and wherever they get in, that's where they go because at, in the end, they're going to be a doctor. Um, but I, I knew I wanted to be an osteopathic doctor. So that's why I applied to osteopathic schools. So yeah, you can go, your primary care physician could be an osteopath and you just wouldn't know it because they practice the same way as an MD. Huh. That's so interesting. So is it actually a different degree? You mentioned MD versus DO. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm done, mine will say Larissa, probably Moravia, because maybe I'll have changed my name (laughs) legally by then. Um, It'll say Larissa Moravia, D.O. Whereas if I went to an allopathic school, it'd say Larissa Moravia, M.D. We have the same years of training and same requirements to practice medicine. Are you just doing it a different way? We're like learning, like the classes are probably very similar because we're learning about the body, the biochemical processes, all that stuff. But then we also have a separate course called osteopathic medicine or osteopathic manipulative medicine, because that's like a whole nother like category in and of itself. Like when we take our board exams, they incorporate OMM into our board exams, whereas for MD boards, they don't incorporate OMM because they didn't learn OMM. As osteopathic students, we learn what we can, what medications we can prescribe, and then in addition, all the other stuff too. So, um, osteopathic physicians can prescribe medication, and we learn about all that stuff. We learn about how medications work and how they affect the body. Um, but then in addition to that, we also learn all the other things that I've already talked about. Yeah. So it's extra on top of an MD. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Wow. That's so fascinating. I had no idea that was a thing in that way, that it's like a different degree, you know, like a different title. Yeah. That's so interesting. Now I want to like look up a, a DO doctor. That's cool. Because <laughs> I, I, I need I need a PCP. I haven't found one yet here. That's cool. I had I no idea that was an option. Biased. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Wow. I You learn something new every day. This is my big learning of the day. I love it. <laughs> and that's why I like answering that question, because I think a lot of people still think it has a lot to do with like herbal medicine or something or like random stuff. But like I've used OMT to cure like sinus headaches that I've had for so long or like things that you can do with your hands can heal so many issues. And it's really amazing because it's something that you would have to take a pill for and that that pill might have side effects. And then you have to take another pill to counteract those side effects when you could have really just solved the problem using your hands, you know? Yeah, no, very cool. That's going to be my 
my next Google search is, <laughs> is on this path just to see what else is out there. I love it. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah, of course. So turning the conversation back to yourself, I'm interested in knowing what the next steps are of your personal journey. You know, I obviously next big thing is graduating from medical school. Do you then move on to a, a residency or is it something yep. different? Uh, what are those next steps? No, same thing. Um, DOs and MDs both do residency, can be in the same place, same field, same specialty. I personally don't really know what I want to do. Obviously, I like this whole root cause stuff. So I definitely want to incorporate OMM, but also integrative and functional medicine, because I think like so much can be treated with diet, exercise, um, lifestyle changes. If somebody is willing to do that, I know that's that's a really difficult thing to do for somebody to just like one day say, okay, I'm going to change my lifestyle to be healthier. But I think that that would be really important. So yeah, something that interests me. And I also like reproductive endocrinology, just because I think that's a really cool field. Um, hormones are like, they dictate so much. The microbiome in our gut dictates our hormones, which dictate so many things. And I just, I think that's a really cool field, a really challenging field, but it's just something that interests me now. And I think as I begin rotations next year, hopefully if this pandemic ends, then I think I'll know better what I was meant to do. Um, but for right now, that's where my interests lie. Yeah, that makes sense. So it seems your your next steps are doing those rotations. So like the next big decision is decide either what specialty or what area of medicine you want to yeah. go into, right? Okay. Yeah, so that'll be at the end of fourth year, I'll have to know exactly what I want to uh, do my residency in. So medical school is four years, rotations are the third and fourth year of medical school, and then you start residency. Okay, that's helpful because yeah. I honestly didn't didn't know the timeline of medical school. So that's, that's okay. I think we enough. all, even in medical school, we're kind of like, how long is residency? <laughs> um, like, where am I doing my rotations? <laughs> just how going with the flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You're just One trying to get through time. like the first board exam, which yeah. is at the end of this year for me. Okay. Um, and then after that, you're like, okay, and I'll just worry about rotations after. Right, that. right. Yeah, no, that, that makes a ton of sense. I think that's a good mindset to have. <laughs> So I know we talked a bit in the beginning, you know, some of your advice for those making the decision to go to medical school. Curious mm -hmm. if you have other advice, maybe around the application process. I know that's a really yeah. dangerous process. Any, any other advice that comes to mind? Definitely. I think that, you know, studying for the MCAT is a big deal. So definitely take the time to do that, but also realize that there is a light at the end of the tunnel because still for me, that was the worst of college and of so far medical school. Like not that taking the MCAT was part of med school, but I think that just those months of studying things that you feel like, why do I need to know optics? And why do I need to know all of these things that are on the MCAT that you don't even really talk about? In medical school, but it kind of comes back a little bit, you know, when you're talking about the circulatory system and stuff like that. So I would just say put in the time, but also realize that this is the first step of being a medical student and it'll be over and then you'll actually get to learn stuff that really is why you came to medical school in the first place, why you wanted to be a doctor. So 
Um, just push through. You can do it. And then the other thing I wanted to say was not to rush the process if you feel like you need more time because the time between college and medical school is probably the only free time you'll have besides the summer after your first year of medical school. And then for the rest of your life, you're basically working. So I did go straight in, but I kind of felt like I was ready to, I had the support I needed to, and I didn't really have a plan for my year off if I had to take one. And it kind of came down to like, if my MCAT score wasn't good enough and I didn't get in, then I would take the year off, um, study, maybe do some more shadowing or clinical experience. And I don't know, I'm a firm believer in that everything happens for a reason, that God is guiding my journey. So I kind of was just going with the flow. I did the work. I put in a lot of time and effort to study for the MCAT, but I know so many people that chose to take that year off and they said it was the best thing they ever did because they either traveled and saw the world, which they might not get to do again for a really long time, or they had clinical experience that really solidified why they're going to medical school or just gave them a different perspective. And so it's really valuable to have time to do something that might change your future, you know? So if you feel like you need to take this time off, um, take it and don't rush through the process because it's a long process um, applying to medical school, making sure you have all the documents submitted, asking for letters of recommendation. So I think just make sure you're ready for that. And if you want to go straight through, go straight through. If you have the energy to do it, sometimes I question if I still have the energy to do it and it's only been <laughs> one year. And I think that you will also amaze yourself in medical school if you feel like, you know, life is a little overwhelming. Um, you kind of find a way to make everything work. Like there are people in medical school that have been out of school for 10 years and decide, you know, I want to be a doctor and they're, they're some of the best in our class. Or there are people, one of my friends just had a baby this summer, like at, after our first year of medical school, she gave birth to a baby and other, others have toddlers and um, were grown kids. So I think no matter what, if this is your passion, you will make it work. And you don't have to put your whole life on the back burner. That's a big thing that I want to stress is a lot of our professors say it, you need to take at least an hour of your day to do something not medical related because you need to still be a human at the end of these four years. And I think that's really important. Just remember that you are human and getting an A on your next exam isn't the most important thing in the world. So yeah, don't rush the process um, if you don't feel like you're ready because the time will come when you are ready. And yeah, also just know that whatever happens, it's meant to happen that way. And you're going to make it in the end. I, I love those pieces of advice. I mean, I think they, they also relate to those not in medical school, but it could be helpful for those listening who maybe are applying to medical school or, or are in medical school to hear this advice from someone who's currently going through it, right? Because it's, yeah. sometimes it's hard to hear advice from people who have accomplished that and have completed it because it's kind of like, well, hindsight's 2020. Right. Like, of course you can say that, right? You, you yeah. accomplished it. I could see it being very helpful to hear it from you. Who's currently experiencing that. And you're still saying, you know, don't rush it, take your time. You'll figure it out. And you can also enjoy life while you're in medical school. Like that yeah. is possible. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you're able to say that because you are enjoying life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I have cried 
this year a lot. <laughs> I've been like so like overwhelmed and just felt like, do I have what it takes, you know, to do this? And it's it makes a world of a difference to have people in your life that know you and know that this is what you've wanted and you have the strength to do it. And sometimes you just need that reminder, that push, um, because it is hard. And honestly, there are days when you wake up at 6 a.m. because you need to study in the morning, you take your classes and then you don't stop studying until 10 o'clock at night. And then there are other days where you're like, wow, I just took an exam. Let me take the day off, you know, and that's okay because you will still do well. And that, that the same can be said, you know, in college or people applying to medical school, like this isn't, this isn't the only thing in life, you know, take some time for yourself. So. Yeah, for sure. No, I think you're, you're stating that so well and it's, you find the balance that works for you. Right. And everyone's balance is going to be different, but you can find that balance and it, it, that's possible. Excellent pieces of advice. I love that. So I've been dying to ask you this question about work-life balance, because I feel like medical school, like we've been talking about, does take so much dedication, so much perseverance, so much time. It's incredible. It's one of the most, in my opinion, amazing accomplishments you could you could have. But from your experience with going to medical school and also balancing life and passions and family and friends, what are some of the best practices you found for balancing all of that and really balancing that work and life uh, ratio? Um, I know that I've emphasized this a few times already, but I think a big thing is to just make sure that you are passionate about what you're going to school for, because it's a long time. And that motivation, that passion keeps you going. So obviously, you have to love medicine and the human body and people to get through all these years of school and clinical experience. But it's really nice to have friends when you're going to school that are there for the same reason and have the same motivation. And um, you guys get through it together. So that's really nice. Um, But I also just can't thank my husband enough for being my reminder every day that there's so much more to life than studying for all the laughs and conversation after a long day at school that don't revolve around medicine or the body or anything. Um, But also listening to me when I feel like something is so cool and he doesn't really get it. (laughs) But um, he just really supports me in every way. And I feel the same about my My parents, my brother, they're just a phone call away, a video chat away. And that has helped me get through things because my mom always knows what to say when I'm crying because I'm stressed. And I think that all those things just made me a better student or make me a better student because I know that at the end of the day, I have to be a friend, a wife, a sister, a daughter, all these things that are just as important, if not more important than getting an A on an exam, you know, so I think just having those people and friends to remind me that I am a human and I can't just study 24-7. And I also really love my church and my culture, like I said before. And I try to make sure that no matter what, church is the priority on Sundays, Sunday mornings. And if I can handle some extra time off from studying, if I don't have an exam coming up on Saturday nights too, because our services are Saturday nights and Sundays, But I really need to remember that, like, I owe everything that I have to God. So I like to remind myself that I can't do any of this without him. And my faith is what keeps me going. You know, it's like if if God brought me to this, it's because I'm meant to be here. So I know, you know, everybody has their own motivation and stuff. And I just think God is part of mine. So 
Yeah, I would say definitely surround yourself with healthy relationships, people that are going to keep you going and just make time for yourself, make time for your loved ones. And also like you can say no to some things like if something if an exam is coming up and you're like, all right, this person wants to go out or, you know, I haven't seen my family in a few weeks, maybe I'll push it to next like your family will understand, I think. I think also it's difficult for people who haven't gone to medical school sometimes to really understand how much time it takes away from everything else and how much you have to study, you know, it's very different from college. So I think just make sure they're aware at the beginning that, you know, maybe you won't be as free as you used to. And they kind of have to just respect if you say you can't do something, then that really means you can't do it because you have to study. But with that being said, of course, take time for yourself, take time for your family when you can, you know? No, I, I love everything you said. And it, it seems some of those best practices are making sure you have a community that supports you, of course, and also knowing that you're more than a medical student. I, I like how you kind of described that, that, you know, you personally are also a wife, a friend, a daughter, and that's important to recognize that, especially mm-hmm. when you're feeling overwhelmed with with medical school, because it is taking up a ton of your, you know, your day. And also staying true to your passions and making sure you have those prioritized passions, which sometimes it is going to be medical school, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it could be church or going on a bike ride or hanging out, hanging out at home. Yeah. Watch a movie, like just do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love those best practices. And again, can be applied to those not in medical school as well. And they like, even when you're in medical school, if you're at at a go to school where they really value mental health, they will tell you like, like make sure that you're taking time for yourself or we have people here. If you want to talk, you know, like counselors and everything, we have free sessions for students. Like, please just make sure you're doing things that you love. Go to the gym, meditate, pray, do whatever you need to do that will keep you going. Yeah. And find that thing that keeps you going and mm-hmm. stick to it. And that of course will be different for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So my last big question here for you, Larissa, is what is your proudest accomplishment? Now this can be related to, you know, the topic of medical school that we're talking about here now, or doesn't have to be related to that at all. And it yeah. can be from 20 years ago or from yesterday. <laughs> uh, what is your, your proudest oh. accomplishment right now? This one's hard because <laughs> there are definitely things I'm proud of, but I just feel like I couldn't have done any of them myself. You know, like I, I don't feel like I can take credit for one single accomplishment. Like I said, like, for example, getting into medical school, I think that was a huge accomplishment, but I owe a lot of that to my parents, my brother, my husband, because I needed their support every step of the way financially mentally, physically, it was just a lot. So yeah, like I'm proud of the hard work, but God led me there and my family supported me. So I needed their support and I still do. So I don't know. I think academically, I think it's kind of cool to be the first author of a research paper published in Nature in the field of neuroscience because Nature is a really great and prestigious journal but that wouldn't have even become a reality if it wasn't for all the students who worked in the lab with me um, or that I got to work with. And especially 
because of my research advisor and one of the greatest mentors I've ever had, Dr. Ileana Soto at Rowan University. I feel like so many of the opportunities and accomplishments that I've had at school are because of her. So I don't know. I think it's really hard for me to say, like, this is my greatest accomplishment when so many people have contributed to the success of that accomplishment, you know? And then I was thinking about this question and kind of thinking, you know, academically, everybody has, you know, something they're proud of. And medical school is cool, but people know that, you know, people know I'm in medical school. I think that one thing that I think kind of stood out to me a little bit, and I think, Alexa, you'll be able to resonate with this, too, is I'm sort of proud of us for getting married in a time where people <laughs> think there has to be some kind of reason, like some kind of weird reason you're getting married young because people just don't do that. It's too risky to get married young or like I think a lot of people kind of frown upon it for some reason in society. And there are a lot of societal pressures and norms that say wait to get married after you've established your career or when you're old enough to know what you really want. And I'm proud of us for ignoring that and for being able to go against that. And I think even though a lot of people do get married, I think it was just, it's just a little outside of the norm. And so it was just something that I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool that we did that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Um, I completely agree and, and definitely relate to that. I think that is a great accomplishment, right? We knew we wanted to marry this person and we did yeah. it, right? Like we yeah. were, that's a solid decision we made right. and we didn't question it. And But again, couldn't have done it without the support right. of our families. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And Laura, so that was the most humble answer we've ever had on this podcast. And I think that just shows your true <laughs> character of you're just such a, a kind human being, but also such like a strong and passionate and intelligent person as well. And given all that you've accomplished, your your answer is still, but I couldn't have done it without without those in my life. And I think that just shows what an awesome person you are. I, I love that Thank answer. You. Thank I, you so much. That's yeah. so sweet. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, I just loved hearing you, you know, talk that out and always coming back to, yeah, I, I did that, but I did that with all these people around me. And it's just, such a such a unique answer. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I think I also have to just give a shout out to all of our high school teachers, Alexa, because I think that they don't get enough credit, even not even just high school, you know, all the way from elementary, middle, high school, like, they are the reason we chose the path that we did, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't be where we were if they didn't educate us every step of the way. So no matter what your accomplishments, I think it always goes, it should always, you, you should kind of remember um, the people in your past when you were young that shaped who you are too. So right, that's right. something I wanted to throw in there too, because I think they don't get enough credit. That's a great point. I think it it always goes back to your roots, right? And yeah. that can be all the way, like you said, to elementary school. And then as you look at your journey to where you're at now, all those people yeah. that, that helped you along the way. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for doing this, because I think it's really important for a lot of people to be able to hear from young professionals or semi-professionals, I guess, um, people that are still on their career journey like me. It's, at least in the medical field, it's hard to really get in contact with medical students unless you have an in through college or something. Even in, in all the professions that you've already done a podcast with or all the people that you've done a podcast with, 
it's really cool to see what they're doing straight out of college because I don't think that there are a lot of resources out there that, you know, you can hear what if, what life is like for a person that in a profession you might be interested in. So I think that's really yeah. important. And this is a really, really good way of getting that information out there. Thank you. Thank you for, for that perspective and that feedback. And thank you to you for, for being on this podcast and oh sharing gosh, your journey. Yeah. And, you know, just sharing your journey and advice. And I think, you know, if there's any medical students out there listening to this, will really gain value from this episode, as well as others, like we keep saying, who aren't in medical school. You know, a lot of your advice applies to just every person yeah. on the planet. So yeah. And, um, if there are any medical students or non-medical students or prospective medical students, whatever, like if you're interested in reaching out or if you have a question at all, like, please feel free to email me. Yeah. If anybody has any questions on like the day-to-day life of a medical student, um, being involved as a medical student, which I definitely recommend making an effort to be part of clubs, activities, like you can be president. Like I have loved singing since I've been young and I haven't given that up in medical school. I'm in the PCOM, PCOM, my medical school's acapella group. And I think that's, oh, that's awesome um, because that just like is a nice one hour break once or twice a week during lunch that I get to just sing with my friends, you know, and we get to perform at school functions and everything. So definitely would recommend staying involved. And if you have any questions about that, definitely um, reach out to me. So my email is Larissa Kavetsky, L-A-R-I-S-A-K-A-V-E-T-S-K-Y at gmail.com. And yeah, feel free to email me questions or concerns. And I also have friends that are in MD school. So if like you don't have a way to reach out to MD students and you're interested in being an, uh, being an MD or going to an MD school, reach out to me. I'll, I'll see if somebody can uh, answer your questions. Um, and then... LinkedIn. My name is just Larissa Kovetsky. Perfect. Right. And I can put that information in the show description as well. Okay, awesome. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Larissa. Uh, this was an awesome conversation. And I, yeah, thank you for your time and taking the time out of your very busy schedule. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to share whatever information I can. I hope it's helpful to someone out there. So awesome yeah I know it it definitely is (laughs) thank you